everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fireside Chats on the Young Mind, brought to you by Old Firehouse School. My name is Dorothy Stewart, and today I'm joined by teacher Rachel Turtledove and OFS Lafayette director Alexandra Dutton. And here today, our topic is going to be something that everybody has to handle at one time or another. And some people, some children are fearful of this. Some adults are fearful of this. But if you need to go to the doctor for one reason or another, you might have felt some anxiety. How do we prevent that in children? I'd like to start off with a story of my own, uh, Mia Culpa. When I was about three years old, my parents took me to the doctor as soon as I figured out where we were and saw that there were some shots in the room. I lit off and I ran to the car, locked all the car doors. Of course, there were no push button <laughs> things to get me out. And I stayed in that car for 45 minutes. We had the nurse and doctor and my parents had to, my father had to come home from work and everything or to the doctor's office. I'm not sure how they got me out of there, but I know you don't want to have to deal with that. And so these two experts here today are going to tell us how to help your child be less fearful of going to the doctor. And the first things we're going to talk about is the regular pediatric appointments when you have to go in for one reason or another. So Rachel, I know you have a particular interesting experience with this. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I'm here today to share my experience as the parent of a child with a chronic illness who requires a lot of medical care. Her treatments include getting weekly shots that I've had to learn to administer at home and getting monthly IV infusions. So I'm really embodying the role of Dr. Mom now. And because I've had so many experiences, I feel like I have a wealth of knowledge that I would like to share from what I've gathered. Thanks, Rachel. What about you, Alex? So I um, I just have had two children that have had three surgeries between them. Both very, all three surgeries were very minor surgeries, but definitely not something I was prepared to handle as a parent initially. And I had to figure out a lot of different ways to help both my family and my children through what was going to be a bit of a challenging experience. Okay, so Rachel, let's start with you. How would you prepare if you're going to take your child to a pediatric appointment? When you're setting out to take your child in for a doctor's appointment, I think a lot of the work that can be done is in preparation. You might want to get some books, either order from Amazon or go to the library and read a book about going to the doctor. We also could look for some videos to introduce the concept to your child. I know Sesame Street and Daniel Tiger both have done some episodes about going to the doctor, or you could just look for something on YouTube, but I definitely recommend previewing it before you show it to your child just to make sure that it's appropriate. And then one of the things that I do highly recommend getting a set of is some doctor toys so that you and your child can act out breathing with a stethoscope or, you know, taking blood pressure, things like that, so they could familiarize themselves with some of the tools they're going to encounter at the doctor's office. I think also it's important to remember to talk positively about the doctor, just the same way you talk about going to see, you know, your preschool teacher, like, oh, we get to go see Dr. Chang today. And I wonder what kind of lollipop he's going to give you at the end of your visit. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. So framing it in a really positive way first, and also being honest with what the doctor is going to do. The doctor will need to check your heart. The doctor will need to um, look inside your ears and he has all these interesting little tools. And most children, when they're really young, under the age of 
18 months or so, they're going to be fine with it. And it's only until they're about two when they have the memory of, oh, I know what happened last time. Last time I got a shot or last time I didn't like it. It's really after that point that you're going to have to use a lot of these tricks and talk with the children about what's happening and, and try to get them ready for what's going to happen. And this is not days and days before. This is like a day or two before and then talking about what you're going to do on the way to the doctor. So if you know there are going to be shots involved in this visit, Rachel, how would you prepare your child? Like Alex said, I think one of the most important things to do is be honest You want to tell your child if they're going to be getting a shot so that it's not a surprise. And you want to explain what it is, that it's a little poke and it has special medicine in it that's going to keep you from getting sick. It helps our bodies stay healthy and strong and be able to fight germs. And your child may have a reaction where they're like, oh no, I don't want to get a shot. I don't like that shot. And so when your child responds that way... What you should really do is just want to normalize and validate their feelings. You can agree. Nobody really likes getting a shot. I don't like it when I have to get mine. It's scary and it hurts. But you can also be firm. Say, shots are important and I'm going to be with you. I will hold you and be there for you. It can also be helpful to offer your child some sort of choice so they feel like they have a sense of control in the situation, such as which stuffed animal are you going to pick to bring with you? So I know a lot of parents have anxiety about their children getting a shot. And I know I didn't want to be blamed for mine. I can remember that when my daughter had shots. Yeah, I I think that children can definitely read your energy. So if a parent is feeling really anxious, it will end up increasing your child's anxiety. So you really want to stay as calm outwardly as possible and go to that kind of fake Zen place that you reserve (laughs) for crises and emergencies, you know, so that way, even if you're not feeling totally comfortable, you want your child to believe that you are. And you don't want to say things like, it will all be over soon, or it's not going to hurt that much, because that's just going to confuse your child and make them feel more stressed and anxious about what's about to happen. Yeah, I think being calm is the most important thing and just asserting like, I'm going to be right here. I know, I know, I know you don't like it. I'm going to be right here. Saying that over and over and over again. So what about as your child is getting the shot? Do you have any clues or help there? I know that some pediatricians suggest actually giving your child Tylenol before the shot happens so that it's already kicking in by the time the soreness of their arm might happen. And for really little ones, something as simple as like blowing on their face so they look up at you right when it's happening. My doctor when he brings in the tray with all the injections, just has lollipops on the tray. So the kids see it. He's prepping their arm. They're getting a little nervous. And before he actually gives a shot, he first hands them the lollipop and then he gives them the shot. So there's a little bit of distraction that works there. So with my child's frequent shot schedule, I've done a lot of research on different methods for staying calm and providing distractions or taking deep breaths. I would say the number one tool to have on hand at the doctor's office is bubbles. You can blow some together and practice taking some deep breaths and that will help calm your child's body and then also have the the sense of delight inspired from seeing the bubbles. I've also watched some YouTube videos where a child who's about to receive an injection is handed one of those battery-operated automatic bubble wands where it's just a continuous stream of bubbles and oh my gosh, they barely even flinch 
quenched. <laughs> so if you wanted to order one of those and then save it for an important doctor's visit uh, so that it's a new and unfamiliar, exciting toy, maybe you could try that and see if it has the magical power for you. I know with technology being so readily available nowadays, it's very easy to turn to our phones for a brief distraction. You might just want to put on one of their favorite Disney songs, Let It Go, Moana, something like that. That would be reassuring. I've actually found that watching little compilations of animal videos that you can find on Facebook is really distracting because like every five or ten seconds they're showing you another kitten or puppy doing something cute and adorable or silly. And the frequent changes of what's happening on the screen where your child doesn't expect what's coming next is really distracting. Another option might be to play a simple game on your phone. There's a game that my daughter likes, which is popping balloons. And sometimes when they pop, you get stars and every so often you get a little rubber ducky. So obviously you don't need to pull all of these tricks out of your sleeve for one doctor visit, but you could think about it and have something prepared to use in the moment. That way it will take your child's mind off of what's happening, but also make sure that they understand what's going on so that even if you're using a distraction, they know it's just to help them feel more relaxed. Because if they're not relaxed too, then the muscle of the arm is actually harder to get the needle in. So that is something else my doctor has said. It's like, if you're going to be really tense, it's going to hurt more when I put the needle in. So you want them to relax as much as they can. You know, I actually talked to my daughter when she was three about that and said her friend screamed. And I said, did you see the way she tensed her muscles? That was why. And Jackie got very, very good oh, at having yeah. relaxed muscles. She would practice ahead of time. And she's oh, yeah. very proud of herself for that too. Right. Just actually knowing the science behind yes. it. Yeah. So what do you do immediately afterwards? I think it's good to want to replace the negative experience with something positive. So one thing that you can do is have an agreement with your child about what's going to happen or some sort of little reward or treat that they can look forward to to help bridge past the unpleasant experience of getting a shot. You can help them focus on, oh, and then the doctor is going to give you a sticker. Or you might say, after our visit, we're going to go and get a cup of frozen yogurt. You might want to bring like a little bag of M&Ms with you. Or like Alex said, her pediatrician offers them a lollipop. Or you could have a little prize, something from the dollar store. You know, you basically want to focus on comforting your child, reconnecting with them, and praising them for their bravery. And just hopefully distracting them enough from the negative thing, which really was so short, and just giving them that feeling of like, oh, and then after that thing that was not that long, like, I got a lollipop or I got to go get frozen yogurt. So it's hopefully making them focus on that positive thing more than the shot, which really just lasts two or three seconds. Yeah. My older daughter definitely has some anxiety for going to see the dentist. She doesn't like people poking around in her mouth or, you know, sometimes it hurts. And so she was really scared to go in. But then when she got there and found, oh, flossing your teeth doesn't really hurt or things like that, it wasn't so bad. And and one of the things that I, I tried with her was I had her record a video to herself explaining what happened when she went to the dentist and how was it and next time it might not be so bad. Oh, so and lovely. then before her next visit, I was able to play that for her so that she could remember her experience and hopefully uh, <laughs> go back to that place of like, oh, I, you know, I was scared. But then when I did it, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. 
That's really smart. So we've talked about the routine pediatric appointment. What if you have something more serious, guys? How do you help children with those things? When my two children had to have their surgeries, my oldest, for her first surgery, she was only about nine months old. And she was too young, really, to know what was going to happen. But the second surgery, she was going to be closer to two. And she definitely knew that things were going to happen. And so before that, we did practice a couple of nights before what it was going to be like when they put a mask over your face and you were going to breathe in the strawberry air. And we had, since we had this experience before, we could kind of reference that. Like, remember, you breathe the strawberry air. Let's practice taking two deep breaths and then you're going to fall asleep. I was really lucky that at Children's Hospital, they let parents stay in the room while your child is going under anesthesia. So the last thing my daughter saw before she went under was us. She, she, my, I was there. I was singing to her and my husband was there too. And unfortunately, when my younger son had to get tubes put in his ears, it was a completely different hospital and they wouldn't let us be there, which was a little bit stressful. But again, we had rehearsed for a few days the idea of putting a special gown on and putting the mask on your face and breathing in the air that's going to smell like strawberries. So it wasn't as challenging, I think, for him. And the role play helped a lot. And there are also books about having surgery and what that's going to be like and how the doctors are going to help you and how afterwards mommy and daddy are waiting for you and they're going to help you get better and then you're going to get to have ice cream or whatever. So there are definitely books that also help with that challenging moment. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that role playing is super important part in helping a child understand what they're going through when there's a more complex medical procedure happening. And it is a way of giving the power back to the child. My daughter will use her doctor toolkit and she'll end up acting out, giving shots and things like that to her stuffed animals, which is really cute. They also gave us a miniature mask uh, from (laughs) the hospital for the anesthesia. And so she could, you know, have one that she puts on her and then one she puts on her teddy bear. So that way she could feel like she has a sense of control over what's happening. And it just makes those things more familiar. Yes. And less just, I have no idea what's happening. The children get to reenact it. They get to role play it so that when it's happening to them, they have some memory of what this looks like and what this feels like. So at Old Firehouse School, we know that relationships are key. That's important to remember here too. You should have a trusting relationship with your pediatrician. I know that we changed pediatricians because my daughter wasn't particularly comfortable, nor was I with our first one. And she loved the second pediatrician and actually kept seeing her until her adult life began. Yeah, my family also had to switch pediatricians, not by choice, but just because we had an insurance change. And I have to say that we didn't really know what we were missing until we had looked around a little bit more. With our first pediatrician, I was completely happy with her, but I found that every time I went to see her, I was giving her a lot of information or telling her background details, and it was like I was meeting her for the first time. And then with the pediatrician that we have now, she just was so much more attentive. She really worked on the relationship with my children and helping them feel calm and safe and befriending them. And then I discovered like she would remember details that I had told her at previous appointments or even something I had mentioned nearly a year ago. She still had filed that away in her brain and cared that much about my children that it just really impressed me and made me realize there are doctors with different skills and different relationships and it makes a difference. Yeah, it really makes a difference. And in terms of relationships, my pediatrician 
pediatrician for my children is the same pediatrician I had when mm-hmm. I was growing up. Oh, so that's continuity. So that's continuity. Mm-hmm. He's been with me since I was an infant and he's luckily is still practicing. So if you are interested in learning more about other pediatricians or health practices, we did do a podcast a few months ago with Dr. Nazia Sharif about keeping your child healthy during the flu and cold season, which really is starting for all of us already anyway. So it was worth a listen if you haven't listened to it already. Well, I'd like to say thank you to Rachel and Alex for this podcast. And I'd like to thank the audience. Thank you so much from Old Firehouse School. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Do you ever wish someone would cook and clean for you? I sure do. We offer you the OFS Concierge Service. Order food from Jesse A. Laurent or have your house clean by housekeeping Delphine. These services are here to help the OFS community make your life easier. Remember, a portion of every food order and housekeeping service is given back to your child's teacher. See our website for more information and click on the Concierge button. Thank you.